Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you very quickly that we are about to close the doors on the Living Your One Thing community. You've heard us talk about this for over a month now. This is the most valuable premium resource we've created since the book. If you believe that you could be getting more of your time, if you believe that having us there with you on a weekly basis, riding shotgun, helping you get clarity on your goals, your purpose, helping you on a week-to-week basis, identify your priorities so you can take back control of your time. And if you'd get value from being a part of a community that will support you, then please check this out. You are able to try it out right now for a dollar. That is it. My question for you is, would you be willing to invest a dollar in yourself to take back control of your time? That's what we're talking about here, folks. Please check this out. We are closing the doors on July 30th. Go to the onething.com slash membership right now. Before we get into the episode, pause it. The onething.com slash membership. Save your spot. We promise you will absolutely be thrilled that you did. This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at The One Thing Team. In the last episode, you got to learn about the importance of values in business with Dina Dwyer Owens. If you missed that episode, it was a really good one. I enjoyed my conversation thoroughly with Dina, and she's one of the best when I can think of in terms of somebody who has scaled a really large, successful business over time and kept values at the core of that business. So if you missed it, check it out. This episode is a sweet treat. I'm recording this for you moments after walking out of a room where for the past two hours, Gary Keller was teaching about what it means to truly build wealth. Imagine having the opportunity to sit in front of a titan of their industry that has a net worth larger than probably anybody that you know, and the opportunity for them to teach you about what it means to build wealth. How much would you pay for that? Today, the answer is you don't have to pay anything because I'm going to review much of the material that was covered, uh, my notes from it and, and my takeaways, so that hopefully this brings value to you and shifts your perspective about what it means to be wealthy and what it means to specifically be financially wealthy. It's important that you understand that everything you're about to hear today is Gary's perspective on how he has lived his life. He began by sharing that very specifically with us that he is going to talk to share his self-talk. It is not soliciting advice to you on what you need to do. This is what Gary has done. This is what Gary believes for Gary. You now get to listen to this and ask the question, what of all this information do I want to take action on in my life? It's a personal decision for you. At, at, the, heart, at the very beginning, I want to talk about Gary's definition of a business. And it matters because there's a lot of people who are listening to this who who call themselves business owners. Maybe you call yourself a business owner. Now, here's my question for you. Can you walk away from your business for a year and have your net worth go up? If the answer is no, by definition, based on Gary's definition, you're not necessarily a business owner yet. At the heart of this is a, a, a training that Gary does called Quantum Leap, which interesting thing about the title is when people think of Quantum Leap, they think of this big, massive leap forward. If you look up the definition of quantum, though, quantum actually uh, means a, a very small amount. 
the reason we share this with you is because Gary said today, life is really won in the minute-by-minute battles. It's not won based on this massive strategy and these big actions that you take. It's won in the minute-by-minute battles. The whole point of goal setting is to be appropriate in the moment. If you don't do as close to the right thing as possible in the moment, then all the goals and plans that you've set for yourself, they simply are irrelevant. The whole point of goal setting is to be appropriate in the moment. Why do we tell you this? We tell you this because when you think of building wealth, when you think of building financial wealth, it really comes down to choices. It comes down to what you do in the moment. In order to start amassing financial wealth, Gary said we have to take an even further step back and talk about you. You have to decide who you are. Because if you haven't decided who you are yet, why you are here, what you want out of life, if you haven't begun to explore what your purpose is, how are you going to make good choices throughout your life? And one of the choices that you're going to have to make is what you will choose to master. The only way to have an amazing life is to master something. And it really only has to be one thing. The best lives lived require that you go on a road to mastery. That you wake up every single day showing up in the world saying, I am going to show up as the highest version of myself in this specific area. This is part of the journey to living an extraordinary life. Our question for you right off the bat is, what will you choose to master? What will you choose to master? Go ahead and pause the episode if you need to think about it. Think about it. I remember back in episode 47, Linda McKissick was talking about a conversation she had had with Gary. And Gary asked her, do you know the difference between you and me? And she said, you got more zeros? (laughs) He said, you chose to master real estate and I chose to master succeeding through others by building businesses. Linda shared in that episode how that was a massive aha for her. That was the day that she chose to go on a, a road to mastering succeeding through others. And that's when she started to build some really large businesses and and amass true financial wealth. What will that thing be that you choose to master? Now, let's talk about the word wealth. In our society today, when we think of a wealthy person, we, most of us, I have thought of a person who is financially wealthy. Gary today said that wealth has nothing to do with money. If you look it up in the dictionary, it'll prove it. Wealth is a state of mind. The most common mistake that we make in life is looking outside of ourselves for when we should look inside. Gary shared that building wealth is is nothing more than an outward manifestation of an inward desire. It's nothing more than an outward manifestation of an inward desire, an inward focus. You can't be wealthy before you think wealthy. And if you do end up amassing financial wealth before you actually get the mindset, that's when you hear about a a fool and their money are soon parted. Every single day, you and I, we live two lives. 
We live an inward life and we live an outward life. Life is lived as a thought first and an action or a manifestation second. It always starts from within. I think, therefore I am. Think and grow rich. What I believe I can achieve. Yet in society today, we seem to look outward for value. We think if we just get the nice house, if we just get the nice car, if we just get new clothes, or if we just go to the nice dinner, we'll be happier. It's not true. It doesn't buy you happiness. So let's talk about what it means to truly be financially wealthy. Written down in front of me is Gary's definition. The true purpose of financial wealth is to finance the material foundation necessary for you to achieve your personal mission for life. And a financially wealthy person is someone who has accumulated the wealth that delivers the unearned income passively necessary to become self-actualized and achieve their personal life mission. To sum it up, someone who is financially wealthy has the passive income to fund their purpose. Which means in order to actually be financially wealthy, you have to know what? Your purpose. This is why we began this conversation here today about the first step is to look inward, to self-discover who you are, what you want, why you are here. It is the act of looking inward so then you can manifest what you want outward. Let's talk about the six truths about money. The first truth, number one, is that the key to happiness is not more money. Happiness is happiness. Money is money. We know that up to a certain amount, I forget what the, the study showed, it was around $70,000 or something along those lines. Every dollar you make after that, you get a diminishing return. Ultimately, there comes a point where additional dollars, once your basic financial or your basic human needs are taken care of, money just does not buy your happiness. Just doesn't. The second truth is that whatever your life is about, more money will amplify it. It won't change you. It will simply expose you. Meaning, whoever you are on the inside, if you are a selfish person and we give you all the financial wealth in the world, you will still be a selfish person. If you are a charitable person, if you are somebody who is out to make an impact, then having more financial resources will simply amplify that. So instead of looking outwardly and saying, if I just had all this money, then I could be the type of person I want to be, do you think it would help if you first and foremost looked inward and assessed who am I? Truth number three is that lifestyle is style over amount. And Gary was talking about how style is, it's really an art. It's, you can't buy style with money. And he looked in the room, we had some agents in the room who've sold multi-million dollar homes and how they've walked in some of those homes and gone, what, are the, what were those people thinking? Yet you might walk into a $50,000 home and go, wow, those people have taste. Money doesn't buy you style. It doesn't buy you taste. So if you think that cash is suddenly going to make you super fashionable or suddenly have the taste or the style, it's not true. Truth number four, the life quest is to have the best life in the time available to us. It's not the amount 
It's the value. Money doesn't buy value as it pertains to the best life possible. I remember when my income got slashed by 40% and things got really hairy for us financially, watching our bank account almost hit zero. And for my wife and I to have conversations about what we could do to be happy and just that we had never been taught in school to look inward instead of looking outward. We just, we believed that money was happiness. We never stopped and asked, how can we still live the best life possible even if we don't have the same financial means? How can we? It's just a different shift in focus. And that brings us to the fifth truth, which is that money comes to you when you're doing the right things. This was something that I starred and bolt, just like put a big circle around. For the first year of being in business with Gary and Jay, I don't think we did the right things. And when I say we, I mean me. I focused on sales. I did not focus on serving you above all else. It's the number one reason we started this podcast. I knew that the right thing, the right one thing to do was to focus on bringing value to you first. This podcast did that. It helped me then understand that my true one thing right now is engagement. That's why many of you who have emailed me have received a personal video message back with me acknowledging you by name. Acknowledging what you said in the email. Because I want to engage with you. And as a result, we see the business start to grow. We see the people who have been coming in and joining the Living Your One Thing community. It's a, it's a testament to doing the right things. So money will come to you when you are doing the right thing. My question for you right now is if you had to pause, if you had to stop and assess the actions that you are taking on a daily basis, are you really doing the right things? Or are you inherently chasing short-term dollars over building a long-term valuable life? And the sixth truth is that money has its own rules and disciplines. If you don't learn them, you will be financially illiterate. This highlights the overarching challenge that we have in our society today, which is that we have a dysfunctional relationship with money. Never in school were we taught how to value money, how to understand appreciating assets, how to invest, what we should invest in. It was never taught to us. We have a dysfunctional relationship with money. And Gary, Gary proved this. This was an incredible example. He had one of the women, women in the audience take off her shoe. And he, said, and, he, and he held her shoe in his hand. And he said, all right, folks, this is a shoe. Can we all agree? And everybody said, yes. He said, okay. Now, if I asked you to pay me $2,000 for this shoe, assuming it was your size, would you do it? And everybody goes, no. And he said, exactly. But what if I told you, asked you to pay me a dollar for this shoe? Would you do it? And people are kind of like nodding their heads. He goes, of course you would, because you knew that you'd be able to walk away and at least sell it for two bucks, right? We all understand the value of a shoe, for example, or the value of a Starbucks coffee, the value of a shirt, the value of a, of a certain car. He said, the difference between most people and wealthy people is that while most people choose to learn to value the things that entertain them, wealthy people choose to learn how to value assets that appreciate. 
to be able to walk into a piece of real estate and to know if it's a deal or not, to be able to look at a company and to understand if it's undervalued versus knowing if that's a good price for a gallon of milk, to know if that's a good deal on those shoes or that iPhone. When you look at the things that you study on a daily basis, are you studying the things that entertain you or are you studying assets that appreciate? The challenge with studying assets that appreciate is, frankly, it's boring. And this brings us to another Gary writer downer that you've heard me share on this show, which is the number one reason people will not succeed is because they are unwilling to endure the monotony of success. It is boring to learn to understand the value of real estate, to every single weekend, walk into houses, see what they are listing them at, and then to track it and to want to actually see what it's sold for. And after a period of time, you get to the point where you know, when you see the price of a house, you're going to know, are they going to get that or not? Or you see the price of that house and you go, wow, that's a good deal. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not shopping on Amazon, people. It's not walking through Nordstrom. Are you willing to endure the monotony of success? Are you willing to narrow your focus and master something? To master how to value appreciating assets? Gary made a commitment to learning how to value appreciating assets. He specifically chose real estate as that vehicle. And look what happened. (laughs) That one hit me pretty hard. Maybe it hit you hard too. Maybe not. I want to talk about one of the biggest myths that people hold as truth. And it's the idea that if you don't have money, you can't invest. And Gary said, did something really interesting. He said, well, let's assume that um, if that's you, that I just gave you a million dollars, literally just handed you a million bucks and said, go invest it. What are you going to think? And the person in the audience said, uh, where do I invest it? He said, ah, so we agree that money isn't the issue. You actually don't know how to invest it. That is the issue. Wealth is a mindset. He said, before you go out and actually amass the cash flow, the free cash flow for you to go and invest, you first and foremost have to know how to invest it. Because if you did learn how to identify what is a deal. If you did learn how to value an appreciating asset, and for example, in a piece of real estate, you saw a really good deal. You were able to get it under contract and you brought it to somebody who actually had the cash, the deal would get done. This happens all the time. Yet people tell themselves the story that just because they don't have money yet, that they can't invest. It's not the truth. There are entire industries built on getting an asset at a certain cost and turning around and selling it for more. Case in point, American Express. Once upon a time, if you wanted to travel internationally and you needed to be able to convert your US dollars into something else, you were able to get a traveler's check from American Express, where American Express said, hey, give us your money, we'll hold your money, we will give you a traveler's check. If the check gets stolen while you're traveling abroad, we still got your money, it is safe. And you can convert it into the currency, and when you get back, just cash in the remaining balance and you'll get your money back. Now, If you handed $1,000 to American Express, they held that $1,000 for you in their bank. Now imagine a million people handing American Express that much money. 
do you think American Express just sits there and does nothing with it? No, 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 no. This is how banks make their money. When you put your money in the bank, you are loaning the bank your money. The bank then turns around and invests it and is able to get a higher rate of return, which justifies them being able to pay you whatever they're paying you these days, which is basically nothing. American Express looked up one day and went, oh my goodness, look at the money we're making. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) This is incredible. That is partially what gave them their start to become the behemoth that they are today. They got an asset for a certain price from you for free. They turned around and they were able to turn it into something more. Lack of money is not the issue. Understanding how to value a deal, understanding where to invest the money is the challenge. So I ask you again, what are you going to master in your lifetime? What is that thing that you are going to go on a road to every single day, waking up and just taking a little bit of action to sharpen that saw, to grow your skill set? Choose wisely. Because remember, life is about choices. It's about being appropriate in the moments that matter. You see how it all comes full circle? This is why we say society, we just have this dysfunctional relationship with money. It's because we were never thought to connect all these dots that are getting connected right now. You never realize that, oh my goodness, the things I'm doing today, I'm not learning a skill set that's really going to help me grow a truly wealthy life. Hopefully this episode helps you. I want to finish with uh, some, some very practical things that you can do. And this is something I'm actually going to be sitting down with my wife tonight and reviewing. And these are, again, this is just Gary's perspective. He always teaches from the things that have worked from him. Whether you choose to accept this as yours is up to you. Not to say this is for everyone. This is what worked for Gary. So be very clear on that. Number one, as a rule, pay cash or cash equivalent. No plastic credit meaning you don't get to put things on credit and leave it there. I personally put everything on a credit card, but I pay the balance off in full every month because I want to build up my credit score and I like to get the points. But it's always paid in full, never interest, no plastic credit. Second, purchase protection, maximum disability protection, adequate life insurance, the best health insurance, adequate home and personal property insurance, and adequate car insurance. The maximum disability, the best health, and then everything else was adequate. Adequate life insurance, adequate home and personal, adequate car. Number three is one that struck me. Follow a budget. Avoid impulse. One of the things he talked about is how when people want to start a business, when they want to do the actions that will ultimately allow them to become incredibly financially wealthy, part of the problem is that they have built a lifestyle that they are unwilling to give up. I went through this. In medical device sales, I did pretty well. When that money went away and all of a sudden I realized that I, even though I was making a lot, I was still spending a lot, that was hard. Then to quit that job to do a startup required some lifestyle changes. Jay told me that I need to go buy like a $1,000, $2,000 car and call it my millionaire mobile because <laughs> that's what millionaires do, baby. They don't buy the fancy car. They buy the thing that's going to get them from A to B so they can put their capital in an appreciating asset. 
Are you following a budget? Are you avoiding impulses? Gary talked about saving up and then purchasing. You don't just impulsively buy, and you certainly don't let a credit card do the saving for you. He talked about buying based on need first. Avoid a wants purchasing lifestyle. This is something we are. St- my wife and I are still working through right now. I am currently in the middle of a 66-day challenge right now where we are tracking our spending every single day. One of the things that has become incredibly apparent as a result of doing this exercise and forming this habit is that we have been spending and purchasing based on a wants basis versus a needs basis. And we're already seeing the shift happen as a result of just tracking it. Think of repair first, replace second, and new last. Repair first, replace second, and new last when things break. Pay yourself first, not last, and finally tithe. Those are the eight concepts of personal money management. Folks, we hope that this has helped you. I felt compelled, I felt obligated to share this with you because very few people ever get the opportunity to sit in front of a guy like Gary and hear him talk about wealth, to hear him talk about money. It's priceless. My question for you, I know that we bounced over a decent number of ideas here. I know that some of it was was complex. What will it take for you to sit with this? To allow this to really sink in How can you treat this specific episode different than any other episode you've listened to? Instead of just fast listening all the way through at 2x speed and then going on to the next one, what will it take you to actually study this one? Truth is, a lot of what is in here has the capacity to dramatically change the trajectory of your life if you follow it. As always, I will ask you the question, what's the one thing you can do based on this episode such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Just one. If you had to narrow it down to just one, what would you do first? And should you earn the right to focus on anything else because you accomplished that next one? Then okay, what would the second be? And the third and the fourth and so on and so on. We hope that you give yourself permission to revisit this one, to listen to it, to possibly time block time on your calendar, to get out a pen and paper and start writing it down. And finally, we really hope that you choose to share this with someone. Financial literacy is something that is missing from our society today. My purpose in sharing this was to give you a tool for you to add value to the people that you care about. I hope that we have earned the right that you will share this with them. And as always, thank you for subscribing to the show. Thank you for listening week after week, for choosing to leave us reviews. We read every one and for sharing it with the people that you care about. You're helping us fulfill our purpose of helping 100 million people take back control of their time. With that, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.